Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. You know, the, the Bible is uh, full of um, very different women. Women of faith, women who have done great things. So today, apologies to the men in the house. My message is to appreciate the women that we have, we are in, in our presence. To appreciate the things that they do. The things that sometimes as men, we don't or we take for granted. The Bible is filled, filled with so many women who are faithful. We have done wonderful and amazing things. We know, unfortunately, that from the Bible again, that they are sometimes referred to from the place they come from. The Samaritan woman, the widow of Zarephath. They are never actually referred by their names as much as men do in the Bible. Amen. So the way that I'm going to try to, uh, to, to, to talk to here is that God is introducing a character in the Bible for us. And this lady is not only to be a notable woman. Do we know who this lady is? Okay, this is in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8 to 37. What I'm going to do briefly is just to quickly read. I always prefer to, to, to read the word. I know it's a long text, but I'll just read so that we know the narrative of where we are coming from. 2 Kings chapter 4 from verse 8 reads, And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shinem, where was a great woman. And she constrained him to eat bread, and so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive, I want you to underline the word perceive, that this is an holy man of God, which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bird, a table, and a stool, a candlestick. And it shall be when he comes, that ye shall turn hither. And it fell on a day that he came hither, and he turned to the chamber and lay there. And he said unto Gehazi his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And once again, call this Shunammite. I believe she had a name. And he said unto him, Say unto to her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is it to be done for thee? What can we do for you? Would there be had a word spoken to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. And he said, What then is to be done to her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she has no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season... According to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. 
And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie to thy handmaid. I will stop, I will stop there for now. Amen. I mentioned that God introduces this character whom we are not told as a great woman or a notable woman uh, who have absolutely no background in the, in the Bible for us to actually refer to, but she is notable. She is someone who is famous from where she is. There are important lessons as we look into this story, not only on that, that time, but today in the modern life. What do we learn from this woman? I think we can only quick, from the text that I've read, we can quickly note that she was someone who, had, who was full of compassion. She was a caring woman. We read in the Bible there that she had noticed that this man of God, actually before she didn't know this was a man of God, she saw this gentleman who is regularly, continually, passing by, passing through, probably near to where they lived. And she would, she would constrain him to come and have bread, maybe afternoon tea. Please stop by, let's have tea. And then, it was only then when she perceived that this is a man of God. Amen. Church, do we get what is happening here? She had saved this man without expectation, without knowing who this person is. She was doing what, is, what she should have been doing, what she felt, what, she, what came from her heart. This actually come, came from her heart. We hear uh, from Mark chapter 9, verse 41, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name, because you belong to the Messiah, we will certainly not lose their reward. So for anything that you do from arranging the chairs in the church, from cleaning the chairs, from arranging all the equipment, from standing at the door and welcoming people, from making coffee for people after service, that will not go unnoticed. God will reward you because you are doing it in his name. Amen. What I'm saying here is that we don't do things because we want to please people. This woman was just doing what she was doing for God. So everything that we do, everything that we give, if we give 100%, we are not expecting anything. Then God, who sees what happens, who sees what happens in secret, will then reward you according to your acts, according to what you are doing. Amen. My encouragement here is today, whatever you do, when you wake up from your bed, when you prepare to come to church, when you go to work, whatever you do, I encourage you, I urge you to do it for God. Because only He, only God can then reward you. Amen. We face different um, or various uh, issues in our lives. But if we see that this woman, we didn't hear anything about her, 
we are told that she's a Shunammite. She's probably, like I said, maybe someone, I don't know whether she, what position she held. But we know that she was someone who really wanted to look after people. She opened her doors to everyone. She changed her life schedules. She accommodated people in her life. We are all busy. One of my mentors told me and said, usually people complain that they are busy, they are busy, they are busy. But no one has a day that's more than 24 hours. So if you see those people who are doing everything, they're going to church, they're doing this, they're going to work, they're doing other things. They don't have a 26-hour day. They all have 24-hour day just like you. Amen. So we have to work and put that within the 24 hours that we are, we are given. Let us prioritize God. Let us prioritize what uh, the calling that we have been given by our God. I said that earlier on that we do face um, various storms in our lives. When Elisha realized that this woman is doing this for God, then I would say God had seen that now is the time to reward her. And Elisha called her to say, what can we do for you? Imagine, if, if, if you were asked by God today, what can I do for you? What would be your request? What would be your answer? How would you answer if God asked you today, what can we do for you? Would you ask for more followers on Facebook, on TikTok, Instagram? <laughs> would you ask for mine to go on holiday? No. The Shunammite woman say, I live among my people. I'm content. I'm not putting the chairs in the chest so that I can get something at the end of it. I'm not welcoming people at the door because I want something out from the church. I'm not serving coffee there so that I can get something out of it. I'm doing this for God. But God knows your desires. God knows there are things in your life that you have put aside, things that you have buried, that you are no longer intending to think that I will have again. Amen. I had a colleague of mine who lives in um, uh, Coventry. He, he's, um, he had been working, he's married, and his children has gone there, and he said, you know what, I'm going back to, to, uh, to university, I need to do this course. I've been meaning to do it for many years, and I didn't. he did it, and he got his master's, and he was so happy about it. Amen. Because something triggered in him. So what we're seeing here is, even the Shunammite woman, when she is now told by, by this time, next year you would hold, you embrace a son, she say, nay, my Lord, do not lie to your, hand, to your, servant, to your uh, handmaid. Amen. There are things in your life that you have buried, that you have thought that they are never going to happen again. You've been praying for something for so many years. You've been expecting for something for a long time, and it's been, it's been delayed. 
It's not coming as it is, as, it, as you expected it. You're not alone. We have even the disciples of Jesus. When Jesus died, was crucified, and he died, what did they do? They went back fishing. Even if they were told that he is coming, the promise of the third day, you will wake up again. They were actually kind of distracted. They were moving their focus on what they would be just be doing. Amen. So the Shunammite woman was doing everything just for God, but God was the time for him now to say that now, this is what I'm saying. This is the prophetic word. What you had thought you have buried and forgotten, and now I have moved on, God is saying that this is coming. I have it here for you. Although she was, I would say, someone who was faithful, but she had moments of doubt because she said, do not lie to me. There are some that time that you have told, for example, maybe I would say for, for her own life, maybe she had suffered loss, maybe she had tried to have a child and she couldn't have, and maybe she had say, a couple of miscarriages, and then she, then she come to a point that, you know what, maybe it wasn't meant to be. But God, when God promises, how, however long it takes, God will always fulfill what he has promised. We have long and amazing stories. Remember Abraham. Abraham was 75 years old when he was told that I will make you a great nation. He was 75 years old. And it took him about 24 years before actually the fulfillment of what was promised. So family, I want to encourage you that there are things that you, those things that you have buried thinking that I, I, I don't think I can get this anymore. If it was spoken by, by God, if God had promised it in you, it will come. Whether it's an illness, whether it's a disease, whether it's a condition, that God had told you that you will not live with this. And you have seen that it's not going away. But you are thinking that, you know what, maybe it's meant to be. Maybe I'm just going to continue to live with this. But even though you have the conviction that God told you that you will not live with this. You need to believe that God will fulfill his promise. Everything is possible before God. There is nothing that he says is not possible. We read in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 11, Jesus, when he was saying, saying to say, come, or you, come, come to me, or you are weary and burdened, because I will give you what? I will give you rest. Whatever burden that you think you have, whatever burden, however complex you think your burden is, Jesus is saying, come to me. I will give you rest. Do not take your focus away from what God has promised you. My question for you today, family, is to say, how do we react when promises are delayed, or when promises don't come as we expect them. How do we react? Do you leave church? Do you blame it on other people? Or do you just resign to say, you know what, I'm not doing it anymore? You have to maintain the focus. You have to remember that God is God. 
God is God and he will never say that he was joking or he was just playing with you. The Shunammite might say, do not play with me. Do not lie to me. You are saying, God, that do not lie to me. God knows your life. Before he said even to Jeremiah that I knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. So he knows where you are going. He knows all the track, where you are, where you are heading. When God looks at you, he knows everything about you. So when he puts obstacles in your life, when he puts challenges in your life, it's just a matter of testing the foundation of your understanding of his word. For me, it's just a testing of the foundation of where you stand in his word, in, in, your, in your living, in your life as a Christian. Amen. He understands when he puts some obstacle, when he puts something that you say is difficult, something that stresses you, he understands that that what you are saying is impossible or is difficult, you are bigger than that. You are bigger than any obstacle, any trial, anything that you can come across. Amen. Some of us, we, we tend to, I've seen people who have said they had a mission to come to, to, to church because they want this to happen. And when that thing happened within the time frame that they want, they start questioning or they actually start to know what, I tried church, it didn't work. And they try something else. They are moving away from what God had promised them. If you are asked again, I ask you today, if you are asked, what would you ask for? We had the mother of uh, James and John, Salome. Do you remember what, what, she, what she said to Jesus? Exactly. She went and knelt before Jesus and asking that she wanted to ask something because she knew that Jesus is the king. So she went with the wrong intentions. She went before Jesus and said, I would like my sons to sit one to your left, one to your right when you become king. She wanted status. Amen. We are not here looking for status. We are not here looking for anything more than to praise our God. I think along the same scriptures when um, uh, Salome went to ask for that, I think Jesus came across two blind uh, people uh, who were asking and shouting, Jesus, Lord of, Son of David, have mercy on us. Son of David, have mercy on us. See the comparison in that. And, Jesus, and actually people were trying to shut them down to say, do not, call, do not call Jesus, do not disturb him. But he stopped and listened to them. What can I do for you? Amen. What can I do for you? And they said, that we'll be able to see again. 
So Jesus was touched with this loving and kind heart and then opened the eyes to say, now you can see. And then they, they walked and see they were happy and they followed Jesus. Amen. Amen. A lot of us, we spend a lot of time mourning, grumbling, complaining. You can't even say exactly what you want. If you come across people who just like, everything is wrong for them, everything. As soon as you meet them, everything is, is, is wrong. This is not working. I've tried this. This is not doing this. This is not doing this. This is not doing... What is the question? Amen. In, 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 my, in, my, in my work, I do have to visit teams that I work with. Sometimes there are people who come and say, you've spent five minutes, but actually I don't know what you want. Then I ask them, okay, pause. What is it that you want? Then they tell you, okay, can I have, I don't know, can I have a, a day off on this day because it's my daughter's birthday? So rather than telling me this and that, the work is hard, this and this and that, that doesn't help. God is asking you, what do you want? So you know deep down in your heart, what is it exactly that you want? And the things that God has promised before you, again, if God promised it, it will come to fruition. So today, I'm urging you people, I'm urging you family to say, think, go back again. Whenever you go in your room, you, in your closet, in your house, when you pray, there are things that you have probably stopped praying about. But if God had promised that for you, God will always be there for you. And God will fulfill that. Amen. I mentioned again that um, uh, this, this is quite a, a wonderful story that we see that is more useful again to our lives today. Because it teaches us how to be faithful before God. It teaches us to grow and to know that without Jesus, we cannot do anything. Without God, we cannot do anything. But above all, if God actually promised it, he will do according to what he has said. He will not leave you alone. No matter where, wherever you are, no matter whatever you are doing, God will not leave you. God will continue to, 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 to fulfill his promises. Just going to quickly again just run down to um, the rest of that um, for, uh, scriptures. I stopped where Elisha had told her that by this time next year, you will embrace the son. And she had said, nay, my son, nay, my Lord, don't play with me. Some time passes. So from verse 19... Um, I think from verse, from verse 18, rather. He, she conceived, she had a child, but from verse 19, he says, no, I'll go back to verse 18, sorry. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day when he went out with his father to the reapers, and he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said unto the lad, uh, maybe the servant, carry him to his mother. 
okay, I'm coming back to the women in the house. I underline the, word, the, the phrase there, carry him back to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees until noon, and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. Verse 22. She called her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the donkeys, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Where will thou go today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. Do we see what's happening here? The boy, some time passes between that time that Elisha had promised, and now we are, the boy is now possibly, I don't know, a teenager or probably under the age of 10, and she, some, somehow something happened to him, some form of acute illness attacked him, and they are now, they are in the, in, in the fields. And he said, the father said, take him to his mom. I think for the men in the house again, that probably resonates there. When, a, when children are growing, when they are babies, they cry, they do this, or oh, my head, or this happens, or I've just cut there. Usually the default is go to your mom. Amen. I don't know, the men of the house are just quiet. I don't know. I don't know. I'm actually, it's just me, but. Uh, I have done that so many times, you know, you just think, okay, what do you need? All this and that, okay, go and check with your mom. Amen. <laughs> the mom now has got him on her lap. She's now nursing him. She realized that he's actually not well. She's putting her on, on her lap. She's realized that he's actually there. She probably couldn't move. She couldn't do anything, kissing him, looking him, checking his temperature, what's going on. We all have some little pharmacies in our, in, our, in our houses. Men, if you go home, check the cupboards again, clearly. Check, check properly. <laughs> check properly. You will see some little corner that's got the pharmacy, everything that you need there. Amen. So the narrative here is to say that she had the faith, knowing that this is a God's promise. So she didn't cry. She did, what she did was she called her husband, not even told her that the, our son has died. She called to say, can you send me one young man with a donkey? I want to go to see the man of God. Do you see what's happening here? Not even telling her husband. When we face obstacles, I'm going to wrap this quite quickly. When we face challenges, trials, we need to know who do we call. Who do you call when you are faced with troubles? You know you believe in God. You know you are the son or daughter of God. Who do you believe? Who do you call? Who is your first point of contact when you are faced in such situations? She put him on the bed of the man of God, the house that they had prepared for him, laid him there, closed the door, and called for Uber. (laughs) I need a taxi. I need to rush to the man of God, to Mount Carmel. Because that's where the man of God, that's where the promise was there. He knows that's where God is. I'm not going to get it to anyone else. Some things, are, we need to directly send them to God. 
When you are faced with a, a, a life-threatening situation, when you are set with a condition, when you are given a sad news, when you are given something, this is very, very, very sad. Sometimes we need to go to God directly. Because if we go to friends, to Facebook, to the, you gonna, people are going to sympathize with you. Gonna say, Maybe it is time. Maybe it was meant to be that way. And then you are agreeing with those people. You are taking your agreement with the, the maker, your, your relationship with God, to people who will not solve your problem. Amen. The short story of that is that she went to see um, um, Elisha at Mount Carmel, and as she was approaching, Elisha noticed and said, she said, something is not right. He then instructed Gehazi, a servant, to say, go and meet her, go and meet her and ask if is everything well with you. He ran and met her and says, is everything well with you? Is everything well with your son, your child, yourself, your life? Is everything well? What was her response? It is well. Because he knew Gehazi was the servant. He's not Jesus. He's not God. I want to see who promised me. The person who promised me is the one that I'm going to say to. He said, it is well. And she proceeded straight away to, uh, to, to, to Elisha. When she got to Elisha, she fell on her knees and asked to say, did I ask you for this? I had buried this. I had already buried this, but you arose this in my heart. You arose this in my life. What happened? And Elisha already noticed it, and he said, God had hidden this before me. She is vexed in her heart. You know how God works? Even if you are a prolific, um, a, a high profound uh, prophet, there are sometimes God will not reveal you something just to fulfill his promise. Amen. Can I have an amen from someone? Amen. Even Elisha did not see that. Because if he had seen that the son had died, maybe it would have changed the narrative. It would have changed how he was going to perceive. It would have changed when he, when he saw her coming. It would have closed the chapter that the child is dead. Right? She came and then told her that, did I ask you for this? And guess again what happens. Elisha probably with age, he decided to send uh, Gehazi. Go run to the child. Take my stuff. Go and put this. Don't talk to anyone. Go and put this stuff on the child. When you have a blessing, don't put it in somebody's hands. Go and do it yourself. Do you get what I'm saying? No. Elisha sent Gehazi to the child with the stuff. The full story is that Gehazi went and put the stuff on there, nothing happened, and then he came back again to say, the child is not waking up. And the Shunammite woman had said that, as surely as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not go. I will go with the promise. I will go with you because you are representing God. So Gehazi went there. It was just a wasted journey. He went there. He, didn't, he put the stuff. Nothing happened. But Elisha then went with the woman and saw that the son was not breathing. In medical terms, what they do is they have, they have um, verification of death. Then there's a certification of death. So someone may verify that somebody has stopped breathing. 
and then the medical doctor will come and say, certify that the person is dead. But the word of God said, Elisha knew that, no, this is a promise from God. He went in there. The text here says, actually, they were in, I don't want to take more time, but the, the text says that, the Bible says that Elisha and the boy were the two of them in the room. I was reading, I'm thinking, you don't go in a room with a dead body and say there are two people there. You will say there's one person and a dead body. But the text says, actually, no, there were two of them. Before even Elisha actually then did what he did to get this, to get this, the, 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 the child awake again. Amen. The, uh, the Shunammite woman didn't want to interfere with what was happening because her mission was done. She had the promise and what she desired in the same room, locked in there. She stood outside. She didn't cry. She didn't do anything. She waited until Elisha did what he was insulted by God and then called her to say, to say, come and get your son. Amen. In 2 Chronicles chapter 16, he says us, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. As I am speaking today, the spirit of the Lord is running to and fro between the chairs, looking for those who are loyal to God. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at centrechurch.uk or check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.